It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Jam-packed we are on this Tuesday. We are live, as always, from the seaport. We are brought to you by Patron Perfection starts with Patron. The squad is here. Marcus Spears is ready to go. And let's pick it up with last night, Monday Night Football at the Bayou. Lamar was marvelous for the Ravens taking on the Saints. Late in the first quarter, no score. Ravens looking to change that in a hurry. Lamar, is he going to run it? No, he's going to throw it. Hey, that man is money. He's a walking play action touchdown. Look at that. <laughs> Isaiah likely on the other end. Ravens up 7-0. Under five minutes left in the half now. Ravens driving. It's a second and ten. Lamar, you can't stop him. Hey, that man his money you try to tackle him he keeps breaking all the damn tackles he's in the red zone and that would set up this first and goal from the one that's Kenyon Drake it's 14 nothing Baltimore here's where the game really gets away from the Saints they got a shot right before halftime and they miss it yeah you got an open receiver right here he gets oh. open and he just slightly overthrows it and that was their chance Dalton to Callaway no good they kick a field goal so it's 14-3 then Lamar watch this not quick enough he's going to shove his own man to the ground blockers I don't need no blockers pay that man his damn money Ravens continue the drive now watch this moment here we got some frustration and miscommunication Lamar wants the snap it's not there three seconds two seconds one it's going to run out for a delay of game and watch him here the faith slams the ball down now he and Ronnie Stanley are going to get oh, into some words I like it fiery intensity the type of leadership you need you know what you should do pay that man his damn money <laughs> 20 to 6 after they kick a field goal and all's well that ends well on the sideline eight and a half to go in the fourth first and ten Saints Dalton tip pick oh tip drill we love those easy interceptions Houston had a game for the ages last night this Ravens defense is coming on and they're looking to put it away it's Lamar again it's Drake Again, his second touchdown of the night. Ravens win easy, 27-13. Lamar, 133 yards passing, 82 more on the ground. And our good calls are brought to you by Subway. The Ravens have started making some good calls in the second halves of these games because they've gotten back to running the ball. Remember all those leads they blew early in the year? They've had a double-digit lead in every one of their nine games. Well, since they started out so poorly, they've rushed by design on 70% of their second-half plays during their three-game winning streak. They had done so 41% of the time during the first six games. And so the question becomes a pretty simple one, Marcus Spears. If indeed they are somewhat limited to this, I mean, look at the weapons that the other elite quarterbacks in the NFL are dealing with, and look at what Lamar Jackson has on his side. He runs it as well as any quarterback that's ever played. They run it extremely effectively. Is that enough for this team with an improved defense to run through the AFC playoffs and make it to a Super Bowl? Absolutely it is. Absolutely, because they have, to your point, G, a different type of guy at quarterback. And we're not just talking about runs. We're talking about explosive runs. And I think Kenyon Drake has added another speed element to this team out of the backfield as well. I don't want to not give him his flowers while we talk about Lamar. But the most impressive thing about last night was Lamar spread the football around to a bunch of different receivers. And actually, this is going to sound crazy as hell. The best thing for Lamar might be Mark Andrews not being in the game. Because now he's trying, he, his vision has to open up more, more so towards the field. We saw him getting likely involved, Tolliver involved. We saw him get Deshaun Jackson involved. We know that Lamar Jackson is dynamic with the ball in his hands. 
we know what type of influence on this touchdown the likely he has when you, uh, when you when it shows that he's about to run the football. The Baltimore, here's why I think that, though. We watched the Tennessee Titans play the Kansas City Chiefs the other night. Mm-hmm. And we know what Derrick Henry and that football team wants to be at the line of scrimmage. Physical, they want to be a running football team. I would challenge folks to, to, to go back and watch that game. If the Tennessee Titans convert a couple third downs with Malik Willis, they may mm-hmm. beat Kansas City. Yeah. And this is the formula that the Baltimore Ravens are going to use. And I have to believe that on a few of those third down conversions with Lamar Jackson, like we saw last night against the New Orleans Saints, that those would be extended drives with potential of Justin Tucker kicking field goals. So, yeah, I believe they can, man, with the things that's going on and what we watched in the AFC uh, this year. I'm looking at the potential offense they may have to go up against. The the potential explosiveness of these offenses. Miami, Buffalo, we'll talk about Josh Allen in a minute. Kansas City, even the Chargers if if they get fully healthy again. These teams who can be very explosive, who might just throw 21 points at you in a big hurry and you find yourself in a place where you have to try and keep up with that. That, to me, is the concern for Baltimore. It's scary. They don't have a bunch of different ways that they can win. Like, say, the Eagles can win a bunch of different ways. They have one way they can win, Mm -hmm. and they outplay the Dolphins, frankly, and they outplayed the Bills in that game. If it weren't for that late interception and, frankly, that weird roughing the passer call, they would have beaten the Bills in a miraculous comeback to lose to the Dolphins. So I say that to say not that they're better than those teams, but they can be competitive in those teams with those teams. And what scares me about their run is I think they could do that for one week or two weeks, but asking them to knock out three offenses like that in a row for three weeks just to get to the Super Bowl, you're asking a lot of Lamar. That, that's exactly right. That's why they went out and got Deshaun Jackson and maybe he makes one or two consequential plays. The real X factor to me is the 82 yards that he had on the ground because Dennis Allen's a really good coach. This was a a defense that a week ago was playing really good football and they still couldn't stop him running the ball. So for them to get to the Super Bowl and to beat those offenses, Greeny, Lamar Jackson is going to have to continue to be Herculean, not only with his arm, but with his legs. You know, it's funny, the schedule was just up there and it said easiest remaining schedule. It made me think maybe they might only have to win two games to get to the Super Bowl, right? I mean, they could end up with the top seed uh, in the AFC and the bye if they take advantage of this. But I look at this as a team that's improving as the season goes along. I mean, at the beginning of the year, couldn't hold a fourth quarter lead. The defense coming together under the first-year coordinator, Mike McDonald. I think, you know, you see the run game coming together and the variety of different guys they can use. You get Gus Edwards back at some point. You get J.K. Dobbins back at some point. I think we're looking at a Baltimore team that's probably better a month from now, two months from now than it is right now. The concern about being able to, to win a shootout with those teams completely legitimate, but they're who they are, and that's how they're going to have to win. Meanwhile, the entire narrative in the AFC may be shifting as we speak. It has all year long been about can anybody play with Buffalo, and now but you're probably aware of this potentially very significant developing story. Chris Mortensen reporting that Josh Allen is being evaluated for an injury to the ulnar collateral ligament and related nerves in his right elbow. He suffered the injury Sunday against the Jets. Here's what his coach had to say about it yesterday. He loves to compete, loves to be out there with his teammates. Um, so, you know, I would never count him out. The medical piece, uh, we're still evaluating it. I'll know more, again, for myself, even tomorrow morning, a little bit more. And then I'll, I'll next talk to you guys on Wednesday and I'll update you that. So it doesn't sound like the coach is telling you a lot there. So you're thinking, Greeny, why did you play that for me? Because, Mike T., you said you thought that was very significant. I think it's ominous by what he didn't say. Typically, you would hear a coach say, hey, we're going to limit his reps this week. He will play. He's our starting quarterback. By Sean McDermott not declaring that he's starting for sure and he needs more tests, that is a massive concern for the Buffalo Bills. And 
he could have nipped things in the bud by him not doing that. They obviously need those tests to know the severity of the injury. It, it suggests to you that there may be something here. It, Oh. I keep hearing people say it's not nothing, right, Dan? Yeah. As, as the reporting that you have, it's definitely not nothing. Right. He, he, I think he's being honest. He doesn't have all the information at the time of that news conference. They, they, they want to do more testing. They want to see how it responds to treatment. They want to see how it responds if, if they get to do it to increased activity. Uh, and then make an assessment. Can he play with it? Will it affect his performance? Does he need a week or a couple of weeks of rest? A lot of possible things are still on the table here, including that he's fine, yeah. but I don't think they're, they're certainly not 100% confident that that's the outcome. So, look, I mean, no matter what team you root for, this is the last thing anybody wants to see. He's an unbelievable player. They're having an unbelievable season. The last thing in the world you want to see is to derailed by injury, again, regardless of what team you root for. However, the possibility that it could cost them some regular season games. I haven't heard anyone suggest he's going to be shut down for the year. I, yeah. I don't know that it isn't on the table, but I don't think that's one of the likely scenarios. But the possibility that he misses some time and it costs them the one seed. In your opinion, Dominique, because we know how tough a place that is to play, is that the difference between Buffalo making it to the Super Bowl and not? I don't think so. I think they're good enough to make it to the Super Bowl without having that one seed, especially if he's healthy. So this is a similar situation to what the Cowboys were in earlier in the season where you're like, do we rush Dak back? They got lucky and won a bunch of those games. Maybe the Bills could do the same thing. But if you put this question on the table for me, like, do you want to get to the playoffs and not have any home field pl playoff games but have a healthy Josh Allen? Mm -hmm. Or have a Josh Allen yeah. who's not 100% healthy but is weak in some, but you have the first round bye? Give me healthy Josh Allen. I'd rather win three games with a fully healthy Josh Allen than a weakened one. You agree to Meek's point. You know, Dallas played great defense with Cooper Rush, and Buffalo's defense didn't play very well against your Jets on Sunday. And Correct. Matt Milano of the world, he was out. There's some other injuries that they have. They're going to have to step up in the other phases to win games without Josh Allen. Marcus, what's at stake here at, at this moment, knowing what we do know about Josh Allen? Listen, man, the reality is, is that when we came into the season, Josh Allen and his ascension was the reason why we thought Buffalo would win the Super Bowl. This was the team that a lot of people tab to be the best team in the NFL because of how well he was playing. And ultimately, this offense is built on explosive plays by Josh Allen and his arm. As much as we, we love when he takes off big physical body and we know what he can be in the run game, if, if that is hampered, I'm with Dominique. Like, take the rest, try to get him as, as much to 100% as you possibly can, and get ready for these playoffs because the superpower of the Buffalo Bills, as much as we talk about units and all of the things that they do well, is Josh Allen and his deep ball and their this explosive element to their offense. So it's important um, if this is if this is anything that is going to take healing and time for him to be at his best when it's time for you to go down the stretch. That is what you do. But it's very concerning because we know Patrick Mahomes is in the AFC. We just came off a conversation about the Baltimore Ravens. Your situation and circumstances are very important when you go into this playoffs and, 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 and you're trying to make a run. But more importantly for Buffalo, your situation and circumstances with Josh Allen is the most important. But get home, feel where you're playing at, get him healthy. Yeah. The one thing I keep getting hung up on is, like, we shouldn't assume they're in the – like, they're in a division where everyone's over 500, right. that they are 0-2 in head-to-head -head games in division. That's I fair. believe yep. the Buffalo Bills will make That's the playoffs, but if they have to play a month without their quarterback, the, the AFC could trip them up.
Well, I mean, they, Case Keenum is the backup. He's a, yeah. He was, at one point was a starter in this league. He's a serviceable quarterback. I think they could survive. Like, Case Keenum's better. Uh, this team is better than the Cowboys, talent-wise, and Case Keenum is better than Cooper Rush. So you would hope that they could survive. He, he knows how to throw it to Stephon Diggs. <laughs> That's yeah, right. sure. <laughs> and the one <laughs> thing that I think it must be pointed out, and I don't know if this has any relevancy to anything, but right after he hurt the elbow, he threw the longest pass in the NFL in the last six years. This is the longest ball that any quarterback has thrown in football in the last six seasons. This came right after he hurt the elbow. Again, I don't know that that is relevant to absolutely anything, but it is fascinating and another example of the fact that Josh Allen sometimes doesn't seem like a human being. Yeah, right? I, I know, absolutely. I just want to upset you, Greeny, before we go to commercial at some point. Why? And, I mean, because it's important to say How? that they should protect Josh Allen by doing more design runs with him. It's really oh. unsafe to have quarterbacks in the pocket throwing <laughs> the ball. Like, that's where players get hurt. They're really vulnerable when they're back there. You got to design run it where he can be safe and protect himself. I don't know, man. Did he check with his orthopedist before he threw that ball 70 yards? I mean, like, it's a bad elbow. Maybe that's unsafe. I, I get extremely frustrated with this. Uh, th th this was exactly what I didn't need. The man takes too many hits. I don't care what anybody says. Uh, but uh, this obviously did not work out that way. All right, as we continue, I'm sure Jeff Saturday would be making fun of me right now if he was sitting here. Instead, we're mostly making fun of him. Oh, Jeff Saturday, he's in Indianapolis. Can he fix all the problems you'll hear? Uh, what the owner in Indy had to say about the hiring yesterday, plus fields of gold in Chicago. Is Justin the second best, excuse me, the best second year quarterback in the sport? You need to hear from Michael Irvin. Next, get up on ESPN. <laughs> Delicious, meat nutritious, and the snack that packs a real protein punch. Wonderful pistachios, one of the highest protein nuts out there. Each one-ounce serving has 6 grams of protein, giving you over 10% of your daily value. Wonderful pistachios also come in a variety of flavors and sizes, perfect for enjoying with family and friends or taking them with you on the go. And you're on the go a lot, taking the kids to school, hopping from meeting to meeting, shopping for groceries. Well, the good news is, not only are wonderful pistachios a complete protein, providing all nine essential amino acids, they're also great for all your adventures. So whether you're a pistachio purist who loves cracking open every nut or you prefer the convenience of no-shells pistachios, Wonderful Pistachios has got you covered. Grab Wonderful Pistachios and elevate your snacking game today. Visit WonderfulPistachios.com to learn more. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. We are back, and the game is called Awful, Awkward, and Awesome. Marcus, give me something awful from the NFL weekend. Oh, my God. That interception Aaron Rodgers threw in the red zone to Aiden Hutchinson. I mean, this the tackle is wide open. 
the play is there. This is not Matt LaFleur's fault. This is Aaron Rodgers <laughs> short arming an interception to the tackle for a touchdown, and we may be having a different conversation about Green Bay. This was absolutely awful by Aaron Rodgers. It was. Yeah, it's David Bakhtiari, who was wide open. He threw a 10-yard pass, five yards. Uh, Dominique, give me something awkward. Oh, well, it's always awkward when a ref misses a pass interference call. It's even more awkward when a ref hates a pass interference call. That sets up a score that makes this game a lot closer than it needed to be. But, yeah, that's, I mean, have some awareness. It wasn't a weird play. Get out of the way. Man. He just goes down. We need I don't to, need to laugh. The ref's so mad. Good, it was a good yeah. hit, though. It was a good hit. Graziano, give me something awesome. Did you watch Justin Fields' 61-yard oh. touchdown run? Are you kidding me? It took the Bears four or five weeks into the season to figure out, hey, we need to get him on the move. This is why you need to get him on the move, because this is what's possible when he does. And everything else about his game is improving around this. But what? a threat this young man is with his leg. Absolutely. We want to talk about him, but we can't because Michael Irvin did it better than any of us <laughs> possibly could. This was Michael Irvin with our buddy RC yesterday on First Take, naming Justin Fields the top playmaker of the weekend. Justin Fields! Shut up! Justin, Not Justin I gotta, Fields! I got to give it to him. But they say he this can't play. play! They said he can't play! They said he got to get a new quarterback! They said he got to get a new quarterback! They said he got to get a new quarterback! They said get somebody else! What they going to do now? What they going to do now? Because we knew he had the lead. We knew he could do that. We knew he could but do that. But we didn't think he had the arm. He didn't throw three times. Three TDs. Three TDs. Justin Fields. Keep him spinning. Spinning. And breaking records, baby. Keep him spinning and breaking records, baby. <laughs> I mean, out of, out of our Michael Irvin segments, I normally do some exaggerated version of Michael Irvin so because water. it's funny. But I can't turn the volume up any louder. It is on 12. So just, ha, I'm so tired. So very, very tired. Mike, Mike, oh, I need a nap. No. <laughs> Mike, I need a nap. How does he do that move? How does he do this? Like this, I, I would I give anything. No, no, no. To be able called, to do this. It's called rhythm, Greeny. I know. I, 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 I don't have it. I'll, I'll loan you a little I'm bit. I'm just glad <laughs> everybody kept their shirts on. <laughs> okay. Let, let's, let's get serious for a minute here. Okay. Let's, let, let's actually analyze this because you Tannenbaum are one of these evaluators that I hear from all of the time and I keep hearing no matter what happens no matter what anybody does Trevor Lawrence is still unquestionably the best quarterback from that class no matter what I'm sorry I'm watching Justin Fields play that kid is going to be the best quarterback from that class. In fact, I think he already is. Tell me I'm wrong. You're right. And Trevor Lawrence oh. has been given a free blank check the last two years where no one's held him accountable. Justin Fields has a high floor and an incredible ceiling. And when you think about Trey Lance and you think about Mac Jones and Trevor Lawrence, you got to take Justin Fields. He's going to get better and better. And I think there was a tremendous intangible here, guys. When they traded for Chase Claypool, it was the first time he drove to the stadium with his new boss, New head coach UGM said, I believe in you. And he played with confidence, and he is a really intriguing player. Before the season started, I said that Justin Fields should demand a trade because I saw all that talent and I saw how they were squandering it there. And it seems like they've started to figure out the things that we all recognize is that he's really good. And in de developing quarterbacks, what you need to do is buy time and take pressure off of them to allow them to develop. And if it's by surrounding by a bunch of talent so they don't have to do as much, or if it's just leaning on the thing that they do that is exceptional. In 
until the rest of their game develops. That's what it seems like they're starting to do is to lean on those things. It's something that they figured out here a little late, but better late than never. Yeah, I, I think what they've done is even better and more potentially beneficial than buying him time. I think they've invested him in the improvement of the team and the roster around him. And I think, you know, yes, they, they've made some changes to the game plans where it's more to his strength. But, like, he is – this year for him is going to be in a large part about how does he deal with adversity because he's right. been put in an adverse situation. He's handling it. And I think that's going to benefit him down the road as opposed to a team that might have uh, uh, coddled a guy early on and, and, and kept him from – but making him a part of their solution yeah. can only benefit everybody down the road. Marcus, how about it? What, what are you seeing – what are we seeing right now in these – this, this still embryonic yeah. stage that's of right. Justin Fields' career. You are seeing a kid that's built the right way, right? Like, we think about Justin Fields' first year, and the frustration sometimes sets in, and you can lose your mind as a young player knowing that you're in a bad situation but doesn't have the ability to say anything. You're just stuck in it. And then we saw Justin Fields a few weeks ago, and I thought this was the turning point for Justin Fields and the Chicago Bears mentally when he got up on the podium and said, I'm, all, I'm just tired of almost being there. I'm tired mm -hmm. of almost getting it done. And I think that's the leadership quality of, of a true winner, of a guy that expects to have success in this league. And now I think Greg Roman made a call to Luke Getze, the offensive coordinator from, mm -hmm. for the Chicago Bears, and said, hey, Luke, I am your father. <laughs> Look at what I'm doing. Oh, Look at yeah. what I'm doing. That's a good one. That's with a good Lamar one. Like Jackson. You have a phenomenal athlete. I'm talking about elite as elite can get with his legs in Justin Fields. Use them to open up everything else about this kid talent and skill set. And to your point, G, you go out and you get Chase Claypool. That's the first indication. Hey, man, we can start building around this guy. You try to shore up things. You make a trade to get draft picks with, with Roquan Smith. You are now investing in Justin Fields' talent, and he's already shown you without as much around him with some other guys. Trevor Lawrence comes to mind in the investment that they made with wide receivers and obviously bringing in Doug Peterson to groom him and bring him along. Justin has continued to kind of ch chop Justin, away at this thing, yeah. and now it's coming to it's Justin coming to went reality. Later. Justin went later in the draft than he should have based on his talent, in large part because I think the expectation for him was that he was not the pocket guy who can analyze defense. And in our meeting this morning, we talked a lot about his um, intangibles. We haven't talked as much about it here, but his intangibles and his intelligence. Like, he's a guy who makes good decisions consistently. He's a very smart player. While we want to wow at these outstanding athletic plays, those are important. We're going to get focused on them because they catch our eye. But consistently making good decisions and being a smart football player is what's going to make him exceptional in this league. Agree. As an evaluator, you just want to see progress. The most important play he made is one that we're not even talking about there was a fourth down throw to Equinemius St. Brown that was incredibly accurate. If St. Brown holds on to that ball, it's at least overtime. They may win the game. So I'm really encouraged by his accuracy getting better. And because of that, his ceiling is definitely higher than the rest of those guys. From In all here. candor, when I heard the conversations that were surrounding him during the lead up to that NFL draft, I wondered if any of these people had paid any attention <laughs> to him and his story and all the things that he did at Ohio State yeah. and before that. Uh, he, Justin Fields is not just the best quarterback in that class. 
he is ascending. That team is in position to be really good, really fast. As we continue, it may sound crazy, but we'll tell you why another team in that division, which is headed in the exact opposite direction, may have to do the unthinkable with their legendary quarterback. Also, it's Tuesday, but it doesn't feel like it without Saturday. We will give you our thoughts on the stunning news from Indianapolis as we roll on. You're watching Get Up on ESPN. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. We are back on Get Up, and in case you missed it last night, Adam Schefter, well, you be the judge. <laughs> you like that? You like that? Oh, my goodness. Oh, my God. Who knew Adam Schefter was hiding Chewbacca on his chest? Do you like that? Holy chest hair. Do you like it? So he, of course, was channeling Kirk Cousins from the plane court the other day. Uh, Dominique, a a few moments ago, we saw Michael Irvin dancing, and now we see Shefty dancing. They're not especially similar, are they? It's a a stark difference. Kirk Cousins got a little bit of shoulder because he loosened it up a little bit. He's just too stiff. And also, he doesn't have a shirt on. Shefty could have danced. (laughs) Look at Marcus's face. Marcus has that face that speaks a thousand words. Whoever would have imagined that wouldn't be the most surprising thing that would happen to an ESPN NFL analyst yesterday. (laughs) Let's go to Indy, where the Colts fired Frank Reich in the morning and replaced him with our own Jeff Saturday. Jim Ursay and Jeff were asked at the news conference last night about his lack of experience and the team's outlook for the second half. Here's what they said. I'm glad he doesn't have any NFL experience. I'm glad he hasn't learned the fear that's in this league. That's because it's tough for all our coaches. They're afraid. They go to analytics, and it gets difficult. I mean, he doesn't have all that. I don't know how to make sausage. I don't know what goes into sausage. But I do know how to build a football team. Yeah, shock would be an understatement, right? Shock would be an understatement. Here's a great part about my career. I came in, nobody expected anything. I'm here, nobody expects anything. If it goes well, hopefully it'll go extremely well. But I have no uh, preconceived notion that I'm going to be some spectacular anything. I know i got to work hard. And uh, I'm, you know, I'm auditioning not only for this one, but for, for 31 others, just like everybody else in this game. Okay, so obviously there's a lot to react to there. First and foremost, for those of you who watch this program with us, we always appreciate you being with us. And on Tuesdays, Jeff has been a staple. He has been an integral part of our team. And as one who has been in this business 30 years, he is as good an analyst, as good a guy, and as good a teammate as I've ever worked with. So before we get to anything else, Nick, you've known him 
extremely oh, yeah. well, much longer than I have. Oh, yeah, yeah. So I've known him for more than 10 years, and we became very close and trusted each other during CBA negotiations. He is the person, one of the few people in my life who I think has the most integrity of anyone I've ever met. I love Jeff. I'm rooting for him. It'd be impossible for us not to discuss all the other complications that come with this hire, but I do think that Jim Irsay is also putting Jeff in a really tough spot. Because relationships are very important in football. And that's the reason why normally when you have an interim coach, it's someone who's already on the staff who the players already have a relationship with. Jeff is going to have to rebuild those relationships. Or not rebuild. He's going to have to construct those relationships right now, not with just the players, with the coaches on the staff, who it would be reasonable for a lot of those coaches to be upset and bothered that it feels like Jeff not it feels like that Jeff skipped the line, if there ever was a line. Yeah. And so it's going to be an uphill battle for him. Yeah, there are two head coaches, Marcus, on the staff that have previous uh, head coaching experience. I should say two assistants who have head coaching experience, Gus Bradley and John Fox. Marcus, what's your take on our buddy Jeff Saturday? Yeah, I mean, look, it, it, it goes without saying how we feel about Jeff. I think if, if people have watched us over these Tuesdays, they know how close we are, and that's not a facade. That we, we are really like that when the cameras are not on us. So a tremendous amount of respect for Jeff. And I can be happy for Jeff with also calling out how egregious this is and how bad this looks, not only for the Indianapolis Colts, but for the NFL. And Neek's point about other coaches already being in that locker room, establishing relationships prior to, I'm talking about training camp, going in the last offseason. It's been a lot going on around this organization, and I'm sure one of those guys in the building would have loved an opportunity to prove themselves in this role. So not only does Jeff have to go in and construct relationships, he probably goes into a situation with a little bit of resentment from the people that he has to work with as well. And let me give this from a player's perspective. There are players in this locker room that have built relationships and rapport with the coaches that are currently there on, these, uh, on this staff that would have loved for their either position coach or coaches that they spent a lot of time with throughout a week of preparation to get an opportunity to try to pull this team out of wherever they are right now. So, look, two things can be true. We can be happy for Jeff Saturday, and we are, and, and we should be because we know the type of guy that he is. But we also got to point out how bad this looks for the Indianapolis coach, for the NFL, and it's a shot in the face at a lot of guys in this league that would love to have these opportunities that have been grinding away at coaching and looking for this chance for a long extended period of time. You know, Dan, you, you said it earlier this morning, and I, I think it's actually the, the easiest way to sum it up. At the end of the day, we can put whatever kind of guardrails we want in place. What do all these hires ultimately come down to? Well, the, the owner does what he wants to do. And in and, yeah. and, and situations like this, and this has been at the heart of the entire minority coaching issue in the NFL, you know, you go with what you know. You go with who your friends are. Who your, that's why the, the initiatives from the league this past offseason have been about you know, getting different kind of candidates in front of the owners so they can get to know them. All that. Look, this is an interim head coach hire. It's for eight games. They're going to have to go through a process at the end of the year. Ursay went with a guy he knows well and a guy that, that I'm sure he feels about the same way we all do. Right? Like, I'm not, I'm not worried about and Jeff I'm, Saturday building relationships. Yeah, like, I, I mean, he will succeed. That's yeah, the thing I, is well, like, I don't know how good a team he's got. Right? Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, but I so, guess I, I don't – I think – I trust that Jeff will figure it out and do yeah. a great job. I'm – I and again, I have some personal biases in sure. this, and I know Jeff. I wouldn't say this about just any coach, um, but I do think that – it's kind of funny to look at this from one perspective in that what we in the media 
who talk about the issues that black coaches have with yeah. getting head coaching opportunities and how upset black coaches are when they get skipped over. There's a lot of white coaches right now who, yeah. are, who are getting an experience, a taste of what it must feel like to be a black coach where you are toiling away, working for an organization, and someone comes in with a weaker resume and is like, hey, guess what? I'm your boss. Yeah. Mike, Mike T, a, a, an interesting parallel. It's obviously not exactly the same thing, but Steve Kerr was hired to be the head coach in Golden State without any previous coaching experience at the NBA level, and you were directly involved with that. Yeah, we spent a year working with Steve, getting him ready to become a head coach, and obviously the rest is history. There are some similarities, Greeny. They're both incredibly smart. They have natural leadership, and I think they have relatability. At the next point, he's going to need that from day one because – John Fox, who's been a head coach in the Super Bowl, Gus Bradley are saying, like, this guy can't know more than we do. Jeff has to pay his dues, but I think Jeff has those special attributes to give him a chance. But if he was sitting here one week from today, guys, he doesn't know what he doesn't know, how to have a practice script, meetings, who's in rehab, who is going to be eligible to play, how to handle the practice squad. There's a million things he doesn't know. I think he has the ability, but there's no way within eight games that Jim Ursay in good conscience is going to be like, hey, this is my guy now. No, I, look, we'll, we'll see what winds up happening there. I, I would never bet against Jeff accomplishing anything. Now, I don't know exactly what would constitute success there, to your point, but with the way that team is playing and the way the quarterback situation has evolved. One way or another, we did pancakes in his honor this morning. <laughs> we will miss him terribly, and we will root for him regardless of any of the Absolutely. extraneous circumstances. That said, Marcus, you will, in his absence, get your revenge. <laughs> we need security. I know some people in this league need security. Everybody ain't getting dumped around here. This long gone mother law, he needs a new security guard. They better find somebody quick. Athleticism is a trait of being a security guard. And when you don't have none, you get your quarterback killed by a little guy. Like when the big dude run up on one of the little dudes and then you find out he a damn MMA fighter and you get beat to sleep. You need new security. <laughs> it's as good as it gets. All right. It is Swagoo's revenge. Take it away, big fella. Well, Jeff Saturday, tee it up, because Matthew Judon last week against your team to get this offensive oh, line right first oh. and foremost. Sam Ellinger, he was sacked actually three times by Matthew Judon, but I don't know why a guy that got two sacks on an offensive lineman previous to this one happening would be picked up by the back. I don't understand this, Indy. This is why Ursaden lost his damn mind, and he just out here hiring anybody. All right, that's Matthew Judon. With the, with, you need new security. Sam Ellinger, you're probably going to need more. Second, Andy Dalton. Last night, oh, oh my oh. God, the Ravens pass rush. But Justin Houston, did y'all see him get busy last night? Oh. And Calais Campbell come in and finish Calais. it. It took a while for Andy Dalton to get up. This don't supposed oh. to happen in New Orleans. They supposed to put voodoo on these D-linemen where they can't break through the line of scrimmage. But Andy Dalton, you need new security. Oh. I thought we was going to see Taysom or Jameis last night after this hit. <laughs> my God, Justin Houston and Calais Campbell. I love it. You don't have security, Andy Dalton, but you need it. And last but not least, against Alabama, and you need new security. Bryce Young, I've been waiting to say this for a few years. Look at the Tigers just go crazy in Death Valley. Y'all couldn't believe how loud it was, how excited I was. Now, look. I know he broke out of some of these tackles and made big plays, but who the hell cares? We won. <laughs> and on this particular play, Bryce, you need new security. Saturday night in Death Valley, 
when you see this kind of ball playing happen, the LSU Tigers are coming, baby. You that need is, new security is brought to you by Louisiana State University. <laughs> my new favorite uh, the tagline that we have ever had here, uh, the topic bar as we call them, is we all knew Swagoo was going to sneak in an LSU plane. <laughs> no question you know about it. it. With the big win. We'll see where they wind up tonight, big fella, because they could wind up uh, making a two-loss run all the way to the college football sure. playoff. All right, as we continue, that wouldn't be as crazy as what might be about to happen in Green Bay. Why the Packers have to consider the unthinkable and that is sitting Aaron Rodgers at some point this season we'll get to that after we get to this sneaky hembo for Graziano here it comes Rodgers threw three picks on Sunday which active quarterback has the most career three interception games it's a good question answer is next you're watching get up on ESPN When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. All right, we are back, and I think he thinks he knows it. Uh, That's a good guess. A sneaky hembo for Graz. Uh, Rodgers threw three picks the other day. That's like a season for him. <laughs> Which active quarterback has the most career three interception games? Got to be somebody who's been in the league a long time. It's got to be somebody who started a lot of games, uh, whose whose flaws as a passer are are overlooked enough because of the good things he does, including. Winning a Super Bowl, maybe last year. (laughs) I think, you know, his flaws as a commercial actor also overlooked, but uh, I think I'm going to guess Matthew Stafford. Matthew Stafford is correct. (laughs) Matthew Stafford is right with 14, and it was close. Here comes Neek. Here comes Neek. Go get him, Neek. He's coming in for the slam dunk on Hembo. (laughs) (laughs) Hembo's having a tough year. I mean, Rex is killing him. Uh, by the oh, way, it, it's close. Matthew, uh, Matt Ryan is close. Uh, yeah, somebody Andy else met, I think Brandon guessed Matt Ryan. I, I would have guessed Jameis Winston, who has 12. One way or the other, yeah. a score that one for my main man, Graziano. Uh-huh. He was now up by a touchdown, oh. and he's added the extra point. So, it's not an overreaction to say Graziano is the best at that. <laughs> Let's use that to slide to overreaction Tuesday. Here's the first one. If I were to say Justin Fields is going to finally be the answer at quarterback in Chicago after half a century of searching, would that be an overreaction? It's not an overreaction. Like, we're not there yet. But if you are a Chicago Bears fan, you are absolutely right to be excited about what Justin Fields offers for your future. He seems to have everything you want and need. And I know if you're a Chicago Bears fan, no matter how old you are, you've been waiting your whole life for Mm -hmm. this. But this could be the guy. Yeah, Sid Luckman fans right now are yelling at their TV screens. Uh, Patrick Mahomes is the next one. If I were to say Patrick Mahomes should be the 
MVP frontrunner right now, would that be an overreaction? It would not be an overreaction. This guy threw 68 passes on Sunday night and led his team in rushing, mm -hmm. uh, and it was everything. He needed every single bit of him to beat this Tennessee Titans team that was on a five-game winning streak. I think, look, Allen's had a couple of, you know, sort of mad games, and now he's hurt. I think there are some really strong candidates out there, but right now Mahomes is the best. I player. agree. Mahomes will get my vote as well. I'm going to do that on radio later today. The last one is the one that gets everybody talking. <laughs> if I were to say the Packers should sit Aaron Rodgers down and take a look at Jordan Love, would that be an overreaction? Yes, here as we stand in early in week 10 of the, of the NFL season. Yes. The Packers are still mathematically in this thing in the NFC, and I think until you're eliminated, you owe it to yourself to play your Hall of Fame, you know, two-time defending MVP quarterback. There may come a time this year where this is not an overreaction, but right now, I think they have to ride this out with Rodgers as ugly as it looks. Okay, so this is obviously worth getting into. Let's bring everybody in, and I'm going to start with Marcus Spears, because Swagoo, you had... Some pretty strong feelings on this earlier, and yeah. I had to cut it a little short because we had uh, some time constraints. I'm clearing the deck for you here. What is your take on the Rodgers of it all and the possibility of sitting him down? Oh, it ain't no sitting down. It ain't no damn sitting down. It's about <laughs> what you are going to do for this football team. I don't care about mathematically being out. I don't <laughs> care about where you are uh, as far as the season. Aaron Rodgers got a $350 million contract. He's going to have to continue to usher and groom and become a part of this unit that he has with these young wide receivers when they're available. He's going to have to overcome some adversity because it's not been a lot since he's been in Green Bay with Matt LaFleur. He's going to have to lead. That's what Aaron Rodgers is going to have to do. Not lead on the McAfee show when he's talking about guys need to step up or we need to cut reps. Not lead in the offseason when he talking about we need to make these moves or these adjustments or go get Randall Cobb. He's going to have to lead a team that is much maligned right now, a defense that hasn't come through, and, and people share responsibility, no doubt. But when you're the quarterback and you've had the success Aaron Rodgers has had, when you are recently the two-time MVP of the league, you're supposed to overcome some things that are happening with the Green Bay Packers right now. So I want all of his opportunity for these 17 weeks in the NFL for either if, if they aren't in contention, it's about planning and plotting and building the foundation going into next year because he's going to be there unless he retire. Now, we never know what the hell he's going to do in the offseason. But for this <laughs> season in particular, if they don't, if they mathematically are, are eliminated, he still needs to be the starting quarterback so he can build relationships with these young receivers and get going and start building the foundation going into next season. Hell now. no, don't sit him down. My mama used to tell me when I got in trouble, your butt wasn't worried about getting a butt whooping when you was doing it, so go <laughs> ahead and take this butt whooping now and learn from it and get better. That's what's happening. Now, that's really well said. But at, at some point, it is not, it's not just his butt that they have to worry about right. in Green Bay right now, right? They, they got to figure something out behind him. And Brian Gutekunst and Matt LaFleur should be worrying about their butts, and the way you solve it is... You need to know what you have in Jordan Love. If they move on from Jordan Love and he plays uh, well someplace else, that is catastrophic for them. So they have to play Jordan Love and know exactly what they have. Ironically, Greeny, a decade ago, when we traded for Brett Favre at the Jets, Green Bay knew exactly what they had in Aaron Rodgers. They don't know what they have in Jordan Love. 
and Swagoo, I love you, but he has to sit down. You got to play the young guy. I, I, was, I was with you earlier, but Swagoo's impassioned speech brought me over in this political season to his side of the debate. <laughs> I'm very sure. I, I very much agree with him on the part, not only that the math that matters is not whether they're mathematically eliminated, it's all the math that's going into his account. That matters, one. The other Hello. thing that really matters is next season. They need to get ready for next season. And this becomes, once they're mathematically eliminated, this becomes the preseason for next year. They can start finding answers now. And none of those answers involve Jordan Love, not when you sign but Aaron Rodgers well, to a $150 million contract. If he could commit to Devontae Adams in March, how would how it they, doesn't matter. You already I, committed to him. You committed to him. You made the choice. You can't now be like, oh, if you were that worried about him, you shouldn't have signed. Marcus, how convinced are you he's coming back next year? I don't know, G, but I'm listening <laughs> to Mike Tannenbaum, who told us all year, don't worry about it, Aaron Rodgers going to be back. Didn't, ain't that the same Mike yes, Tannenbaum been on the, the show with one. us for the past two years? Telling us about, no, it's fine. Aaron Rodgers will be back. It's going to take care. Now he want to find out about Jordan Love. Well, you know when they should have found out, Mike T, when Aaron Rodgers said he wasn't coming to play no more. That's when they should have found out and sent Aaron Rodgers somewhere else. When I said the Green Bay Packers should think about trading Aaron Rodgers, everybody looked at me and said, what the hell are you talking about? This is a two-time MVP. He should not be in the thoughts of being traded. Now everybody want to see what they got in Jordan Love. Jordan <laughs> Love now is the guy because of they struggling on offense. Don't put that young man in this situation because here's the question. If Aaron Rodgers can't thrive in it, what the hell are you going to find out about Jordan love it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that is extraordinarily well done. There's nothing better to do than leave it there. Let's see what they wind up doing. They're so, well, by the way, they play. their schedule is brutal. Uh, they, they have Minnesota, they have a bunch of, uh, uh, excuse me, they have um, a bunch of losable games. Dallas this losable week. Game. Yeah, and that's that's highly losable games yeah. as they continue. Yeah. We'll see what they do. Meantime, basketball tomorrow night. <laughs> we'll be at Barclays for this. We got the New York, New York, and then the LALA rivalries on ESPN tomorrow night. We will be at Barclays for countdown leading up to Knicks Nets and then we will see LeBron and Paul George, Lakers, Clippers, a whole light of good hoops tomorrow night. We start it with NBA countdown 7 Eastern here on ESPN. Coming up, first day, are the Ravens among the AFC's elite? Who is more important to the Dolphins, Tua or Tyreek? They're coming your way top of the hour. Molly, Stephen A, Keyshawn, Mina Kimes, and more. That's coming up on ESPN. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Big night tonight. Exclusive reveal. The second college football rankings. Reese and the crew will break them down. 7 Eastern on ESPN and the ESPN app. In the moment we have before we give way to first take, big news out of Dallas. Todd Archer listening to Jerry Jones' interview on 105.3 The Fan. Uh, Jerry said of Odell Beckham, quote, he's someone we have all the appreciation in the world for, for what he is as a competitor, and know that the Cowboys star on the helmet when he puts it on could look pretty good. That's Jerry on OBJ. My beloved former Cowboy is Marcus Spears. Marcus, I got 15 seconds. Go. Jerry, do it. 
Everything that I've never said about you bad goes away if you make this happen. Okay? Go get OBJ, explode this offense once more, and, and I'll be happy. I know we got short time. I got so much to say. I still think we got a lot left in the tank. I still think defenses respect OBJ being on the field, open up things for C.D. Lamb and everything else on this offense. Go do it, Jerry, and forget everything, every bad thing I've said about you not going to get played. It would be his worlds colliding for Marcus, too, LSU yeah. and the Cowboys. You like it, Nick? Oh yeah, God. sure, why not? I mean, if the price is right, you bring in a piece like this. We don't know what Odell Beckham is right now coming off of two ACLs, but it's worth the it's worth um, bringing him in because they need more firepower to beat the Eagles. Greeny, I love it. Do it right now. Do it two weeks ago. Get him in your building. Let him rehab in your building. Let him learn your offense. It gives him a better chance to be successful. Uh, most teams I've talked to said they're waiting to see him healthy, and, and so far no one's even brought him in for a visit, so I think he might be a ways off. We will find out. At any rate, it was a fun Tuesday, and we thank you for being with us here again. Tuesdays uh, will never be the same for us, but we wish good luck to our buddy Jeff Saturday, the pancakes in his honor today. All right, we will see you back in better than ever tomorrow. First day starts now. <laughs>